Hi everyone, and welcome to Filmmaking Life podcast. What is going on, filmmakers? I'm your host Nick, and welcome back to another new episode. Today we have the guest, the on and only Dan Mays. If you don't know him, he's an incredible storyteller, multi-award-winning artist, film director, and YouTuber. His YouTube channel has inspired millions of people through his incredible art of storytelling. In the past, he worked with Cassie Neistat, and nowadays he has his own discovery show called Brew Show Worth Watching. As you may have guessed in today's episode, we are going to talk about the creative process. What's up, Dan? How are you doing, buddy? Thanks so much for jumping this podcast. Yeah, Brew, thank you so much for having me. It's it's crazy because when we started chatting, um, I was such a big fan of what you do and, and building the community. And yeah, it's just, uh, I feel very honored to be invited on the podcast. So thank you. I appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Today in this topic, uh, I would love to discuss uh, with you about something that blew my mind for what are you doing. And the, it's, it's, it's crazy how you tell the stories uh, on your YouTube videos, everywhere we, what you do in a, such a simple way, but there's a lot of work behind that, you, that goes into that, that kind of production. So I would love to know, uh, for those who doesn't really know you, like, what is your story? Like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, she's, so I, I actually started off filmmaking, um, when I was about 16 years old, I believe it or not, I, I, I starred in a McDonald's TV commercial. Uh, I used to no. have this like long blonde <laughs> hair and I was like, and, uh, yeah, so I, I walked, uh, I walked onto set for the first time and I, I saw the camaraderie that was happening behind the camera. I saw the, the DP speaking to the director. I saw the gaffer and I saw all these, all these people working in, in some form of synergy. And I, I immediately then knew that I wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, but in those days I, I, I aspired to be in the more traditional side. So yeah, I, I saw that, um, on, I was on the beach and I saw these, the, these filmmakers and I, I then with the money that I made from the ad back then, I bought my first camera. Um, and I used to surf a lot. I still do surf, but I used to be quite competitive at surfing. So my first kind of introduction was to film surfing. It just made sense. Um, and I, I made surf videos to look for about five years. And what I started doing was injecting these, um, kind of more creative intros. Like some of them were super weird and, but I knew that the audience wanted to watch the surfing, so they had to watch my weird intros. So that's kind of how, and then eventually I transitioned just away from surfing and into making kind of uh, just weird uh, content that I, you know, that that's more, more kind of a question that I want to try and answer. And I do that visually through filmmaking. And uh, yeah, that's kind of my story. I think later on in life, in my early 20s, I started grappling with, with mental health problems or what some people call dispositions. And I, I, I've started working through that by, um, through filmmaking and, uh, these kinds of questions that I had, I would turn into scripts and stories. And, uh, when eventually I gained the confidence to try and express that story, I would then turn it into some kind of narrative. And that got me into, I was, uh, I was entered into, 
uh, Cannes Young uh, Film Film Directors of YDA Awards, and I ended up winning for two films that year. Um, and that really just propelled. I, I, I at that point didn't really know if it was going to be anything, if my career was going to uh, in filmmaking. I was just kind of living uh, hand to mouth kind of thing. I'd just make a film and spend all the money on trying to make another film. Um, and that was the first time I started considering my career. Um, and I came back to South Africa and um, I got signed to a production house and I started directing TV ads until um, I was about 26 years old. And uh, Casey and I, we had been chatting, Casey Neistat. And he was like, he came down, he was like, look, there's this YouTube world that's real and it, you know, the, it's a, a great opportunity and it's a career choice. And I, um, I, I really was at a crossroads there for the first time in my life, um, deciding if I was going to leave behind my more traditional career as a film director and go and run around the streets of New York City, slinging a camera <laughs> with, with Casey chasing me <laughs> down the road. And yeah, I made that decision to do that. Um, and it, you know, now looking back, it was definitely, it was the best decision I could have ever made. That's yeah. that's incredible. Wow. Uh, I have to be honest with you. I started to discover you uh, on YouTube after I was watching uh, Casey, after I was watching Casey Neistat. And um, so do you know like how long you've been uh, working with him? And do you know like what was the best thing you have ever learned from him that you can share with us? Sure. Um you know, I think like most people, I I got onto watching Casey's stuff before he was really known as a YouTuber. It was kind of before that YouTube uh, revolution in like 2012. Um, he made the, I think the first video I ever saw was his bike lanes movie, um, which is fantastic. Still iconic to this day. Um, and he, he, he would kind of make these, these movies, these internet movies, and they, they weren't even internet videos. I wouldn't, you know, they, they were... They were perfectly imperfect with a three-act structure. That was the first time anyone had ever seen something like that. And I was immediately drawn to that. And I don't know like what happened if I kind of fucking manifested some shit or but Casey, um, it was through a mutual friend of mine who was uh, a, quite an active vlogger at the time, Ben Brown. Um, and we were kind of hanging out and then Casey came down, I don't know, maybe 2014 maybe before, um, and he, he, he wanted someone to surf with, and that was kind of my intro. And then I, I, I started sharing my work with him, and then I went to New York for the first time, you know, that later that year, um, and he invited me into his studio, and I said, look, one day I want to move to New York. I want to make, make videos in New York. And I guess that, you know, that kind of led to, uh, planted that seed, and then I started working with him full-time, um, at the beginning of 2017, I think, um, with 368 and we started making these vlogs and I had absolutely zero idea how, how much work it was and how crazy the hours were. And I think just to answer your question, the things that I've learned from Casey, um, you know, that the, the major takeaways for me, um, first was, was family. Um, I think it's something that he doesn't put in the videos um, how much the, how much of a balance there is in his life, regardless how um, how hard he works. 
there's always time for family. There's always, it's always family first for Casey, um, which is really something to admire because his work hours are just so ridiculous. At one point I was uh, convinced he was an AI. I actually tweeted it because I was like, how does anybody work this fucking hard? How, how is anybody like, for me, he's kind of like, he, he's the all encompassing um, kind of icon for filmmaking for me, for sure. Um, he's so well balanced. Um, and he also, he, 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 uh, taught me about simplifying the idea down to its, its rawest form where for me, I, I take like a simple idea and I try and overcomplicate it visually. Um, and I think Casey takes a complex idea and, and simplifies it. And I think that's why he's, his content is so engaging and relatable because he speaks to such a wide audience and, um, yeah. And, uh, another thing is just pure drive. Um, you know, when somebody reaches a level of success, it's easy to become complacent and slow down and, and back down. And, um, Casey just kept going, um, and he's still going super hard. He might not be, um, uploading to YouTube as much, but I, you know, this probably, I can't speak about some of the stuff, but he's working on, um, you know, big things and he's, uh, yeah. I mean, he just always going, I spent time with him now. Um, he was down for a couple of weeks and it just re-reminded me how, uh, how crazy those times were in New York. And, um, I'm going to go be going back to the States, um, soon. And we're going to be hanging out and making videos again. So, yeah. Can I honestly can't wait to, to see you guys both together. Uh, I think you're like a dope uh, dope sick match to each other yeah <laughs> so totally so you 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 moved from south africa to the us uh, to the new york and you learned that th it's completely different type of uh living uh, situation uh, environment right so you learned that i don't know how was uh, in south africa but i guess in the new york was completely like uh, a lot of work that you didn't really expect it like, so my question, following question about that is like, where do you get then the inspiration from, like to even create something since you've worked so many hours with, uh, with Casey? Totally. Um, for me, it's, it's, uh, really idea based. Um, it's, so it's not as much about, uh, consistent work. It's more about the, when I come up with an idea. I have to see it through from beginning to end. And, and, uh, I, you know, I think that that's where I, where I do speak about mental health. I don't want to go on and on about it, but, um, for me, I, I look at now what, what, what is usually some somewhat of a disposition and it does suck, you know, to, to deal with depression and, and, uh, large levels of anxiety. Um, but through that, there's a lot of time where I isolate and I, I, I spend, uh, time alone thinking and I'm very much in my mind and that's where you know that's where most of my ideas come from that's where um, I sit with something and it's a question and much like my show now on discovery plus it's it's finishing these unfinished ideas or thoughts that I've always had and I've written in my idea book um, because for me creativity is the uh, a belief in in an understanding or viewpoint of the world so much so that you turn it into some form of expression. So for some people, it may be poetry or dance or music. For me, it's it's filmmaking. For me, the 
um, there's a balance between commerce and, and art value. And obviously you always have to consider what's happening in the commercial phase. You can't just be some like dark artist that like sits and and wallows and creates these like really deep pieces where some people do, but in the in the world, obviously you've got to consider um, the financial element and it's about how far you're going to move and bend over to the commercial side to um, not put your artistic integrity um, too far aside. And that's where YouTube becomes a great kind of place because you do have the people that sit purely on the commercial side and YouTube is a business. Um, and then you have the artists on the other side. And Casey for me sits so perfectly in the middle. He's been able to figure that shit out. Um, where I think for me, my content is like weighted a little bit too far on like the artsy side. So some of the shit that I, I make films about, I don't, I don't expect everybody to try and uh, relate to. Um, but a, a large part of it is um, for me trying to figure something out. So that's, that's, you know, why I'm constantly motivated to push an idea to finish, even if it's a shit idea. <laughs> which sucks when you're like three quarters of the way through and you're like fuck this is so shit but i just gotta finish it you know um yeah so that's kind of where my motivation comes from i i do have ghost bumps because i realized you were basically describing also myself so it's you versus yourself which is fucking dope but then you have this let's say cows in your mind that you take yourself and say okay let me organize this and use it with tools like YouTube and tell the story. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, which is wow totally. for everybody yeah, who is yeah. listening. So what really fascinates me about you, Dan, it's that you can tell the story of literally anything, even with a damn brick. Do you remember that, the video you made? <laughs> it made me laugh so yeah, much, yeah. but course. it made me like, this guy is genius. Like, uh, and so my, my thoughts were, how did he even come up with that? Like, what does the process looks like from A to Z with something like that? Okay, I'll, t uh, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Um, so that was in the middle of, of COVID um, or at, at like the rise of get, uh, lockdown. And here in South Africa, we weren't allowed to leave our house. Like, mm. you know, we were stuck inside. <laughs> I'm sure it was like that in, in a lot of places. So I... I, I was making these videos. I mean, I even got married with fucking cardboard guests and shit. I'd, <laughs> I'd gone through every idea. There was nothing left except bricks in my garage. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I, I, uh, I figured out how to play Happy Birthday, just the melody of Happy Birthday with spanners on a brick. I don't know why. Like, I mean, I was just extremely bored. And then I thought, you know, maybe th then we were starting to... Uh, my wife and I, she, who's who's a huge part of my inspiration. I'm sorry that I haven't mentioned it actually. Um, so yeah, she she's uh, like very much um, behind the scenes. Uh, is a huge. She's so funny, and um, the conversations that we have inspire so so many of my ideas. Um, and so we were just playing around with a brick a bit, and uh, which sounds so weird, um, out of context. And yeah, so then then uh, the song Blinding Lights by The Weeknd was like really popular at the time. So then, yeah, I just decided to try and remake the that. First, I was trying to do like the world's biggest brick dominoes. <laughs> That's like where the idea came from. <laughs> and then like, I don't know, it just turned into 
yeah frustration which like you can see in the video like i just i got like really pissed off because i made this like big domino circle and it didn't work and and then i was like throwing the bricks which then became the percussion and then from there it uh turned into turned into this ridiculous <laughs> soundtrack yeah it was it was no it was really funny but at the same time i realized uh it wasn't done like um how do I explain? It wasn't done really like, hey, I just do randomly throwing out whatever records. And then I would just, what I realized, that's why I wanted to focus this podcast was the creative process. Let's not maybe talk about this specific video, but just generally uh, yourself. When you do create a story, like what is the A to Z process looks like basically? Cool. Yeah. Um, first is an idea that pops up and I, I, you know, I try to think about this all the time, like for any YouTuber or any filmmaker, actually any artist, I think the idea is obviously the currency ideas are currency, great ideas equal, uh, great work. If you follow through on the execution. So I wish like, I, I'm sure 99% of creatives try and understand where the idea actually comes from. Like, where do you birth? the idea because then people would just sit and redo that thing. But ideas like generally come um, for me when I'm listening to music or they come from when I'm busy doing something and there's a flaw in that idea, I come up with the idea for the next thing. Um, and I speak about it a lot is the, the need to have an idea book. I've got one and, and everything has to be scribbled down because even a tweet, an idea for a funny tweet, you're like, oh my word, that, that'll be quite funny to write that actually ends up turning into like a full length feature film, you know? So you've, you've got to have like, or something that you read. Um, so for me, my process is idea. Um, and I struggle because of my traditional background to just go out and shoot something. Um, so I have to have it somewhat planned. So I, I do spend it some time in pre-production. Um, and so during that phase, I do a lot of research. I try and make sure um, that I'm telling the correct story, especially if I'm involving a culture that I don't understand, that I don't live in. Um, I do, I try and do extensive research. And now we've even gotten to the point of, I've just brought on a, a business partner for my first time and we starting a company called All of Us, which is an online global filmmakers platform all around the world um, through a Discord server. And, and on there we do um, deep research and to be able to understand if we are representing that culture or um, community in the correct way. I think it's very important. Um, so that's where research comes in. And once that's done and, and um, I'm ready to go out, which on YouTube, these things have to happen really quickly. So it's like a day of research or a day and a half. So that's why the, with this platform on Discord, it's very important to be able to um, pose questions and get immediate responses. Um, and then from there's execution. Um, which is the actual filmmaking process. And uh, this is where the shit hits the fan, you know? That's where it like, it's between balancing between that and everything that goes wrong and then trying to fix it in like the story and post. Um, and yeah, the idea is always like there. And then the problems bring the film down to there. And sometimes in post, you use those flaws to like even uh, push it above the original idea in the first place. And that's where I think the mod makes the perfect YouTube video is when you can actually, um, when, when it's flawed and then you find a way to make that flaw work. 
and like to just to speak about Casey and his process and when I was working with him, like all of he he's just so like shoot from the hip and make it happen. Like he would come up with an idea at five o'clock in the morning and then say, this is what we, I think most of his ideas come from when he's running. Um, he spends a lot of time um, with himself and he can think. And then he would have this spontaneous idea. Next minute we shooting the thing and we editing it that night. You know, it's a very quick process. So that's why the, the, these, uh, these videos have that perfect flaw in it. Where my ones, I try and I almost perfect it too much. And then in post, I'm trying to, um, you know, just give it that flaw, that relatable flaw. I'm sorry, I'm rambling so hard. I don't know if I'm making any sense. That's no, no, no. I love that. I love that. I was just, I was just driven by your explanation because as you just said, the perfection is under the imperfection of the things. But if you don't do that, you will never reach any kind of level or point at making something, which is wow. I I really uh, enjoyed what you just said, and uh, so. There's an idea, there's execution, which drags down your idea because obviously nothing is possible. Like, and then, and then edit things like you edit all those things by yourself or you have a team. How, how does it work? Yeah. So I have always edited uh, most of the films myself. And then now I've got, um, a guy, he's incredible. His name's Liam. Um, he helps me shoot, he edits, and he animates. So all the animations that you see um, in my new videos, that's him. He's just this young kid. He's, he's uh, talented beyond his age. And uh, yeah, he works super hard. Um, so he, he helps me. Um, I'll always edit the story together and make sure and the music selection and, and get the edit to a certain point. And he comes in and he helps finesse it. And then I floor the shit. <laughs> so then he makes it perfect and I come in and I try and like chop it up a bit and make it like less perfect. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's funny how you make things, how you talk and make things easy. But then me coming from like almost 10 years background in filmmaking, I'm like, no, these things are like hell, like not hell, but like there's a lot of stuff that you have to go through, learn, do, redo, redo, redo. And then now you can come just open the camera and shoot, but with the background, right? Speaking of that, what is your favorite part of this process? Like directing, filming, editing, like what did, did you have ever, have you ever thought about it? Of course. Yeah. The, the best part is, uh, watching it, it happen. So as, as a director, when you standing on set and you've suddenly realized that this little idea that was uh seemed so unattainable at the time um suddenly when you're standing on set and there's all these people and they're all serving this one idea and you're working as a community together to like turn this into something is really scary because you you're so afraid that it's going to fail but at the same time it's really exciting and it's amazing to look behind you and see all these people that are that have bought into this idea and as a director and when you're working it's not just the director it's also a incredibly talented team of um, creative directors and ECDs and um, agencies and hopefully the, the people that represent the brand um, that are amazing to work with, sometimes not so much. Um, 
And then as a YouTuber, so that's a different world entirely. As a YouTuber, you don't really have that support. You don't have that. that um, so for YouTube, the best part of the process is releasing the video and then getting like, the there's, it's like, I used to call it view juice because you would get this thing where it's like, you release it and the video, you don't know if it's going to do well or perform. And you probably have this with your platform. And then suddenly mm. it starts to like happen. And then you're like, wow, it feels like, so. it feels good. But I think it's like, it's dangerous if you don't consider that and you don't realize that th there is a large draw to the understanding of this affirmation that comes from people um, enjoying your content. I think a lot of people don't understand why they're going down mentally when there's no views. They're like, oh my word, I'm, my life is like uh, in shambles. But if you just apply a bit of the understanding that that's purely because of the fact that you're so connected to the work that you're releasing. And if nobody likes it, you're going to feel like shit. Um, so I think the best part in all honesty is when you release something and it does well, <laughs> then it's like, yes, uh, you know, this is, it's <laughs> worth it again. You know? Yeah. I wanted to actually, uh, focus on what you said, uh, this, let's say dopamine of getting the feedback right after you publish something. I wanted to focus on that because, uh, I don't think a lot of people realizes that this is a huge problem in the creative space because you may be so talented, creative, and very skilled person, but then you publish something and it doesn't go through because, I don't know, hit some kind of weird algorithm or whatever, and then that video has never showed up anywhere. So I wanted to touch base with you about that. What are the the suggestions that you can say to everybody that they can stay away from this. I don't know if you understand my point so, of view. Uh, of course I do. I, I mean, I, I was dealing with this. So, so I'll just give you what, what happened to me is I, I came from having like not many followers at all to going and working with Casey. And that obviously drew, drew a lot of attention to my channels. And at the time, um, so I, I got a huge um, leg up without truly deserving it. If, if you know, I hadn't, I hadn't worked and worked the platform. So I'm aware of th that that happened. So I started almost, even though it was a huge leg up, I started on the back foot because now I had to try and serve this, this major audience that I hadn't really gained by my own graft, if that makes any sense. Um, and not to say that I'm not, I'm highly fucking grateful for all of that. It's not, if, if anything, it's, it's that I, I constantly try and um, serve this audience and give them what they deserve. Um, and so, yeah, once I moved away from Casey and I started just focusing on my own things, I saw a huge dip in views and a huge dip in, in subscribers. And I was like, oh, my word, I suck. I'm, I'm hugely shit. And uh, I was valuing my own creativity and my own belief in myself based on the, this trajectory of growth. Um, so I've been through that hugely, trust me. I mean, like I've, I've done a whole full circle and, um, yeah, what I did at the time is I do a step back and focus, um, entirely on trying to figure out why I was making films in the first place. And like I spoke to you about the spectrum of on the one side, um, you've got commerce on the other side, you've got art. And that's what really helped me make sense of it. And I was like, 
you know, how much am I going to sacrifice? Because then when you, the danger comes in and you see it all the time, when somebody enters the space and uh, maybe it's a niche market and, and in the beginning, it's really highly followed. Um, and then that kind of niche is no longer followed. So then what happens is because you still want to get those views, you jeopardize your own beliefs and the things that you do. And then your content just starts to go all over the place and, and you trying to, it all, it all becomes about the gain of the viewership and the likes and people telling you that they think that you're really cool. Um, and yeah, so I, I stopped uh, trying to impress everybody and I, I rather looked at it and I, I said, you know, I'm going to serve the audience in the way in which I have set out to do that. Um, and for me, that's, uh, and the, the core followers that I have appreciate the different viewpoint and maybe this angle of somewhat uh, creatively looking at something differently and um, being expressive and speaking, I mean, being vulnerable and speaking about my dispositions and the way in which that I feel. And yeah, I mean, even though that, that it's dipped off, I feel like I've, I've reached a kind of a plateau of, of filmmakers that really appreciate the work that I'm doing. And that makes me happy. And yeah, that's, uh, yeah. And as long as it never uh, takes away time from your family um, and the kinds of things that you really value, uh, you know, when, when uh, the work's not around anymore, if you had to suddenly stop, if you had to be like, if I didn't have YouTube, if I didn't have this big following on Instagram, if I didn't have all the shit, who would still be there? Um, who would still be around me? And, you know, we all make these kinds of friends and connections um, through the space, but who would, who would be the ones that are hanging around you if you didn't have any of that? And as long as you are keeping those people close and you're not uh, that, that close circle, um, I think then there's no real danger in pursuing uh, your creativity and driving yourself really hard. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. You just, <laughs> you just opened my, my brain a little bit more. <laughs> um, so it, it's good that you bring up this um, point of view, let's call it like that point of view of, you know, what happened if I didn't have YouTube? Like, would that, so let's, let's say, the internet doesn't exist, right? So would that, would I still do what I love or am I still doing like, right? Still doing for the viewership, for the recognition. So I love that. And I feel like after you said that you, I feel like you've been through a lot of challenges because obviously when you hit the app, it's not because you just flew up. It's because you went through a lot of challenges. So what do you think are the challenges nowadays that people facing through became to became like what you just what you just are successful? Yeah, she's. I think in some places in the world it might be a little bit easier than others with access. Um, uh, you know, oh, I know for a fact that it's it's easier in some places around the world. Um, there's a m more community of successful. YouTubers and people that you can almost tail off, um, and then you can build your own career and and there's you know these communities that really big themselves up. And what's really interesting to see right now is in the African market in the continent of Africa. Um, there's in Nigeria there's a huge climb on YouTube and there's this amazing community that's like, I I don't know if you remember right at the beginning of the 
kind of YouTube that the British YouTubers were the biggest because they used to um, all work together um, and kind of big each other up. And, uh, you know, they all grew. And if you look at Nigerian YouTube, the following is insane. <laughs> like there's, really? yeah, there's guys, there's, yeah, it's huge. It's I a massive market. That. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And YouTube is putting in a lot of, um, you know, they're putting in a lot to, to build the, the community for YouTube in Africa as a whole. Um, so yeah, that's, that's amazing to see. Um, you know, so, uh, but the other, yeah, the, the challenges come when I think when you alone, when you're trying to do it alone, when you are um, just coming out of high school, maybe you've got pressure from your parents or you don't have the finances to be able to try and pursue the career you're working, um, you know, uh, two, two jobs to try and make it happen. And at the same time, you're looking at other people on the internet and you, you versing, uh, or you comparing your disposition and yourself to going, but that person has it so easy. And, uh, when, when, you know, we're looking at the kind of influencer market and seeing these people experiencing these fantastic lavish lifestyles without sharing any of the hardship that goes into possibly that, or maybe it is just lavish for some people. Um, but it becomes really difficult when you're trying exceptionally hard and you have to see other people on Instagram where it seems easy. Um, you know, uh, nobody shares their fails, I think is like the, the way in which what makes it difficult. Um, and you know, what really, what really sucks is the reality that there's probably, there's, or there's probably a million people more talented and more capable of of being in my position but just not get they didn't get the opportunities that i did and i think that that's uh you know also another reason when when you actually understand that um why you need to keep on going and and continually be grateful for the position that you've been given and the position that you sit in thank you thank yeah. you because what you just said, it reminds me why the fuck I'm doing what I'm doing. And I fucking love it because I want to give the opportunity to everybody who can't do that to do that, which thank you, buddy. <laughs> thank you for reminding me. Thank you for reminding me of that. So getting back to um, you and your life, like from, from your perspective, what, where, what's the favorite project you have ever worked so far? Uh, it's always the, so this sounds cliche, but my favorite film is the one that I'm working on right now. I know that people have said that before multiple times, but it's the truth. Um, for me, I, I'm busy. I've been busy with a feature film for two years now. Um, we've been in the writing phase and I just, I, I haven't yet had the balls to like go and pursue it into the next phase. Um, I've really, I've struggled to take it from the process where, which I think is the most enjoyable, which is this area of kind of delusional confidence, this area where you like, the world is my oyster and this thing is possibly has the ability to go to the Oscars, you know? And as soon as you start to reach the reality of the situation, it's like slowly like a, a decrease of going like, shit, I've got it. Not to say that it can't do that. And I want to manifest that shit. And hopefully it, it, that, the film does extremely well. But it's like when reality strikes, you know, you never know. It could just go, people go like, the studios may look at it and be like, this thing sucks. 
or they go, this is incredible. I want to be a part of it. But in the, in the beginning phase, you don't yet want to face that. I also think there's another thing with, it's similar to like, why is the last 5% of an edit the toughest part? And that's because you have, you know, when you, when you finish an edit, it's one part saying goodbye to an incredible experience or a part of your life that you really enjoyed. So you're closing that chapter. And the other part is complete fear that now you have to release it. It's done. And now you've got to put it out there for people to try and um, you ho- hopefully enjoy. So, uh, yeah, that my, my favorite project at the moment is definitely the one that, that I'm too scared to, to, uh, to move forward with. Is it still, are you still working on this project or you are nearly finished? Yeah, totally. I'm, uh, I, we, we've finished the script now. So the script, the final script is locked um, after five drafts and it's 120 pages. Um, we're going to try and, you know, cut it down just a little bit. Probably after we shoot, we're going to cut it down to 90 minutes. Um, so 120 pages would traditionally equal 120 minutes. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I'm busy with the brew show for Discovery Plus right now. And I need to finish, uh, get through that because I, I, I want to focus entirely on one thing at a time. Um, so for the next five months, I'm purely focusing on, on Discovery Plus. Um, but at the same time, it gives me like the perfect excuse to not like move forward with the with the feature right now, even though, yeah. So after that in, in June, I'm going to go head first into the feature and really, um, yeah, st- get on the gas full time. I, I can't, uh, I can't, I've left it for too long now. I, I have to it's, make it. It's happen. funny when you said it's, it's excuse because I also do those things. Like I use something else, a project that I just opened as an excuse for something else, which is, uh, it just, I just relate on that. I just relate on that. But uh, about the brew show. So, uh, I don't know a lot of, uh, about it, but I really loved it. The introduction, I don't have a discovery plus, but I love the, the whole introduction as you did. So can you tell us a little bit more about it and how did you even come up with that? Is it actually true? Like you had few years, uh, with the things you had like a to-do list. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've got, I wish I had it in here. I've got this idea book that I've had for a very long time. Um, and I've had it for like eight years or something ridiculous. It's like all tattered and broken. And in there, I've been jotting down, um, all these just weird questions and ideas. And, um, I've developed a great relationship with, with discovery plus a guy, um, Tom Lofthouse is, is an incredible, um, creative as well. And we've, as a co- my company, we've been doing a, a bunch of different work for discovery plus, um, and he was well, making films. Um, and we got talking and I told him about my idea book and he was like, we should turn that into a show. Um, and together we've been collaborating, uh, with the selection of the ideas in, in that book. And some of them are just like, you know, they definitely just shouldn't be turned into films. And the ones that, uh, you know, are, like the first episode, we um, I turned a truck into a camera. Then the second episode, which is actually coming out on Monday, um, I I try to uh, you know question if if the past in filmmaking is still relevant, um, 
And so I took an, an SR3 RE Flex 16 millimeter camera and shot the same video, but one on an iPhone and one on, on the uh, 16 mil film stock and kind of then speak about the processes of each. One is highly attainable digital and you can shoot for as long as you want. The other one is considered and uh, you have to plan and uh, it feels more precious. Um, and then the third video I made a film with a hundred people around the world um, that posed the question, what happiness means to them. And that's, that's probably my favorite one out of all of them so far. And then the fourth one, I surfed a wave in a tent, a floating tent. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's no real, like, <laughs> there's no real consistency with like the kinds of ideas. They're just fucking all over the place. But yeah. <laughs> and my last one, episode five now is with Casey. And um, that was uh, posing the question, um, what happens when you don't have an idea? Like, how do you combat mm. uh, writer's block? Okay. Which is pretty interesting. Uh, that film, but yeah. did you know that you're going to end up making a TV show from that book when you started or you didn't know? You just... Uh, oh, no, no idea. I didn't know till like five months ago. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. So you afterwards, you kind of figured it out by doing things, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty cool to look at. Um, I've made a whole bunch of, I've taken a whole bunch of photos where you see the idea uh, written on the one side, and then I've got the actual film that I've made from that. And sometimes the idea is like written, you know, six years ago and eventually it turned into a film. So it's pretty cool visual uh, explanation of ideation to execution. Awesome. So sometimes it doesn't actually have to be like a planned thing, but you just throw out your ideas and eventually you, you will figure it out, right? Yeah, you have to just write it down and one day it will make sense. Like the maybe you just need to uh, deal with a few things or grow up a little bit or, you know, to truly understand the idea. Well, it's, it's a shit idea today. In three years' time, maybe a brilliant idea. It's still the same idea. <laughs> Times change. Yeah. It reminds me of that video of a brick, sorry, but it's just too much, too good to be true. <laughs> getting back to getting back to the reality. Um, so you have this book, uh, you didn't know what you're gonna do with that. Then you ended up doing this uh, epic um, discovery show. So uh, to make it easier, do you have any advices for someone who has this? Um, Oh, this dream of making it as a TV show. Sure. Um, I think, you know what? Either it's going to fail or it's going to work. But if you don't try, then, you know, yeah, I mean, she's, I have failed so many times um, and I've felt like absolute shit. And I, I'm part of the problem because I never share the times that I fail. It's embarrassing. You know, it's like, um, but yeah, people only really get to see the parts where I succeed because that, um, and it may seem sometimes to people, they go, Oh my word, you have so many ideas. Um, these ideas are creative. The films are creative, but they're not seeing that's one out of like three. Um, and the other ones have failed and they should, I've got so many unlisted videos or private videos on YouTube that I've completed. And I've just never ha had the confidence to upload them because they just felt shit. And I've spent lots of money on trying to make these videos. And 
yeah, they just, in my mind, they just were shitty or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think like you just got to go and, and either, even, even after you've shot something, just finish the edit and get it done. And if you watch it back and it's too shit to put out there, then, you know, don't put it out if you're not going to want, if, if you don't, if you don't want that, but yeah, you've just got to, I mean, the only advice is like, I can't, yeah, sometimes it's going to work. Sometimes it's not. That's the reality of the situations. Yeah. You just got to try. Makes totally sense. But speaking of last advice, basically speaking of advices, like, is there any tips you want to share with us that you wish you know when you started earlier? Like now, if you have to look at yourself, so now if you have to look at yourself back when you just started from the future, is there any like advices you wish you know at the beginning? Uh, yeah, I wish I could have told myself to not worry as much. Um, I wish I could have, yeah, you know, I wish, looking back now, I wish I could have kept doing what I was doing. So I'm still in the same place that I am now and I'm really grateful for where I, I am and I, in all honesty when I get asked this question I wouldn't have done anything differently um even with the fails um but yeah I wish I wish I could have just told myself in my 20s to stop worrying I was such a warrior not like a one with a spear I was like a warrior like one like a, a quivering warrior um I was always worried that things were going to go wrong I was always worried that um, I was going to fail. And I think the fear of messing up hurts more than messing up itself, you know? Um, and I wish I had told myself to try and balance things out a lot more, uh, to take time for myself. And that's only stuff that I've started doing recently, um, is to try, uh, you know, to make time for the things that matter. Because when you're stuck in the situation of going, I'm too busy to do anything else, what happens is, is when you actually inject stuff that matters in between that, you'll find a way to make the other stuff work. You know, it's surprising how much time one wastes in a day if you just stick to doing one thing. Um, yeah, that's kind of off the top of my head. Man, I, I, I wish I knew personally, physically, because you are the guy that I would love to like hang out, take beers and just get inspired. <laughs> really, really appreciate it. No such worries. a raw person like you sharing some priceless advices. Awesome. Uh, thank you. Really, really appreciate it. And I hope this podcast one day gets to the point of, hey, I listen to this podcast with Dan Mace and I freaking change my life. <laughs> and I would say, fuck yeah. Amazing. Let's. <laughs> thank you, man. Yeah. So, buddy. Thank you so much for taking some time and sharing with us anything. Uh, if you guys don't know Dan, which is very bad, <laughs> you should follow him, Dan Mason IG on YouTube. Perfect. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I hope to speak to you soon, very soon with another interesting topic. Totally. And perhaps maybe inspire someone else. Definitely, bro. Yeah. Thanks so much, bro. Really enjoyed that. Cheers, man. Okay, guys, if you arrived until here, the new real legend. Thank you for listening to the whole today's podcast. Don't forget to share your thoughts on our DMs. 
for who inspired you the most and see you soon with another epic episode. Peace.